from the Western Riverside Council of Governments. I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CODcast. Forthcoming advances in robotics, automation, machine learning, and artificial intelligence could have profound impacts on our economy, affecting a variety of industries and our local workforce. Studies have indicated that many of these prospective changes could happen over the next five years. With this information, a few questions arise for our local area. How will automation affect Western Riverside County, and what can be done to prepare for these changes? To address these questions, we are so excited to have Dr. Johannes Munoz on the podcast to share his research on the implications of automation. So Johannes, thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about yourself. How long have you lived in the Inland Empire? Oh, in the actually in Southern California, uh, I've lived quite a while. I did my PhD at UCSD. Okay. So that was 1995, I think that I started living in San Diego, and then I graduated in 2000. Then I lived in Chicago for five years and was eager to come back. So oh, then yeah. in <laughs> 2005, I came back to the Inland Empire. How was that Chicago winter? Actually, the Chicago winter is not as bad as people say. It's okay. uh, because uh, weather is normally dry, cold. Mm. It's not this moist, wet, coral cold that mm-hmm. I'm used to from Germany, where I'm originally from. Okay, got it. Yeah. I visited Chicago last spring, and it was just, it, during the springtime, it was beautiful weather. It was so nice. Absolutely. But you must have really timed it extremely well, because the Chicago <laughs> spring is about one week long. It's uh, winter, and it's summer, it was and a miracle. there is not much in between, either way. <laughs> Okay, so let's just jump right into it. I know um, we just are so thankful that you took time out of your day and busy schedule to come onto the podcast. So why don't you start off by just telling us how you got involved in studying automation? Well, at uh, the Institute for Spatial Economic Analysis that I direct, we're actually constantly looking out for topics that will be of relevance for local economists all across the United States, not only for the Inland Empire. So... We actually had specifically local productivity growth and um, all the things that are related to it, like education, sectoral structure, and technology on our radar for quite a while. And then at the end of uh, the day, it was just uh, simply by luck that we ran into a study. When you scan the literature, then of course you find certain things that better match what your interests are. So we ran a study by two Oxford professors, uh, Fry and Osborne, who looked at the potential of automation across more than 700 different occupations for the Earth economy. So when we looked at it, like, say, wow, this is actually exactly what we're interested in, because mm. then that allows us to break that down, not only by industry or something like that, you can also match it then into the regional economies. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what we have been doing. And so then when we saw how large the restructuring potential is, we were, yeah, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) originally actually (laughs) quite shocked. So, but of course, uh, you see the data first and then you think about, yeah, what does it really tell you? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, although it looked like 
really, really very large potential of job destruction. It's actually a restructuring potential. Mm -hmm. And so we got to learn over time that automation potential first doesn't mean necessarily that automation actually happens. Just think of your high-end restaurant. Not very likely that you'll ever see a robot buzzing mm. tables in a high-end restaurant, mm -hmm. correct? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you will see any places with human interaction, it's actually going to, um, yeah, stay on the human side. Yeah, totally. And I think that kind of leads into one of the questions that I have is that I think when people hear automation, they always think like, oh, robot waiters or, oh, I saw this robot doing like drinks at a bar or something like that. <laughs> and so they go to these like crazy extremes. So is that where automation is headed? Am I, are we totally off on that? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So actually, you know, the, what people may have seen there is the tipsy robot, which is a bar in Las Vegas. <laughs> and It's uh, a real thing. It is real. Yeah, so you have two robot arms, so you go and uh, there you can yeah, go to, to a type of tablet interface uh -huh. and you select your drink, how you like it and so on. And then the robot tells you or the, the screen tells you when it's going to be done and uh, mm. where you should expect it. And so then you see two robotic arms, as you know them from videos from the car industry, uh -huh. uh, start shaking the stuff and getting the ingredients and mixing it up and then you have your uh, automated drink so in a sense yes and in a sense no mm -hmm. so but to a much larger extent no than yes because well if you think about what we're seeing already then we're not seeing robots waiting tables mm -hmm. we go into a mcdonald's and what we realize is that there is now instead of five cashiers there's one cashier and there's 20 input tablets for mm -hmm. you where you order your stuff so they're putting the work directly on your shoulders no longer take give you that service mm -hmm. on the lower end of the market and you see that with the self-checkout counters and many other different places um, but that's really just one part of it it's um yeah so uh, it, it is these tablets and these input devices and so on that uh, replace certain types of human interfaces that we had before but it's much more the invisible part mm. and that is just starting at this point mm. so we're seeing for example well i actually want to clarify that a little bit some of the things have happened for a long time think turbotax TurboTax is nothing else than replacing your CPA. Hmm. So you suddenly do your, your own tax accountant with the help of a menu that guides you through the process of making your own taxes. Mm -hmm. But then think fast food restaurants. Again, there is a robot called Flippy. Um, that is a hamburger flipping robot. <laughs> and so, well... I'm not sure about you, but I wouldn't want to stand in front of a <laughs> hot area, hot surface and flipping hamburgers all day long. Mm -hmm. So here we're seeing things happen that have no customer interface, direct customer interface, mm -hmm. where yeah, certain burdensome things are taking out. Um, but also think of the dark warehouses. Uh, Amazon is uh, the front runner in this. They are really literally trying to create warehouses where you can switch off the lights because robots don't need lights in a mm -hmm. warehouse. Mm -hmm. If there's no humans working in there, there we go. And so if you think of the growth rates of robot use in Amazon warehouses, we know the numbers roughly. That has been at least till the mid of last year where I had the data, uh, annual growth rate of 
over 250% per year increase. So you see, these are not things that are completely out there. Of course, Amazon is an extreme case. Mm -hmm. But there have been studies done that show that each robot, uh, on average in in the manufacturing sector, replaced more than five people. Mm, Interesting. I think that like um, one thing that you mentioned is this idea that there's already automation that has been happening behind the scenes. Maybe it doesn't have that customer interface like you're saying, like you're not, um, it's not that direct um, interface. But are there areas that maybe people just don't really realize that are being automated more behind the scenes that we just don't think of on a daily basis? (laughs) Yeah, well, in a sense, you know, we really need to be aware that Technical progress in total, that started with the invention of the wheel. (laughs) Ever since then, and that's uh, as far as I remember, a few years back, correct? So that they invented the wheels. But anyway, so, you know, when people think about automation, they think of long and complex processes. But that's not necessarily the case. You know, you can just think about much simpler things. Think... For example, about the software products that, as I mentioned, like TurboTax. Mm-hmm. Think even of your bread machine. If you have a bread machine, what does that do? You put in the ingredients and it does the whole mm. process for you automatically. Even your office coffee maker. Mm. It's nothing else than a automated process. You don't need to do it all by hand anymore. Mm. Of course, these have been things that have been become so much part of our lives that we don't realize it anymore. Right. That's one part. Then on the other hand, of course, people think about things like the car production, where we've seen enormous robotic use. Mm-hmm. And what has that allowed us to do? It has allowed us to, do, to, to free up people from dangerous jobs, from jobs that had health risks mm-hmm. with painting cars and so on. Um, but what's really new now and what people probably really associate with this is the entry of machines, robots, and so on into the service sector in the types of things that we really associated with mm. handling of human, um, yeah, like in a human form. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, I think, is really um, what people think about here. But the service sector has seen a lot of automation in the past. Right. Think of the automated teller machine. Think of the luggage sorting at airports or the packaging in, in the, the in the mail facilities or any other delivery services. So a lot actually has happened already and people are just not aware of it. It's now that um, certain types of things become visible and the technology that comes along with it has become so fascinating that people are drawn to it Mm -hmm. because now suddenly we see humanoid robots running around. But these are not necessarily the ones that are going to do the heavy lifting for us. Right, right, definitely. There's a lot of media presence right now, I think, especially with automated cars and vehicles and all of that. There's a lot of push right now with automation. But it's a good point that there's a lot of things that we have relied so heavily on for the past how many years that it's just normal and ingrained in our everyday life, like our coffee machines or things like that. Um, So in the research that you have done on automation, um, what would you say are some of the major impacts of automation just kind of generally and with that like what industries are most affected by that automation 
Yeah, well, so <laughs> the one thing that I like to think about first is, of course, coming here. If I had a self-driving car, I could do a lot of other things in the meantime, even while I sit in the car. So, and is that a negative thing to be able to do other things? Of, I mean, maybe those who really enjoy driving. We have so many people specifically here in the Inland Empire that have to drive to work for mm-hmm. long distance. I mean ask them whether they prefer to be driven Mm -hmm. or whether they like to stay in the traffic jams forever so if they could read a book or do whatever um, alternatives these are great things to do in the meantime so this is just one example of how it'll affect in a positive way i think our personal lives more generally for the economy i think it's really the relief of hard and dangerous physical labor that's more and more going to be put into the hand of machines. So in a sense, what happens right now is it's taking the robot out of human lives. And if you just think about it, a hamburger flipper does flip hamburgers a whole day long and does that's a very mechanical thing to do. That's not very human. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer to chat with you than flat flipping (laughs) hamburgers. And I'm pretty sure that every person who has to do that kind of job Mm -hmm. would agree with me on this. And so there are really possibilities um, that now allow us to free up time for creative work for application of specific human expertise, for human interaction. And yes, there will be always, of course, be some unpredictable physical work or so relatively small tasks that it doesn't pay or that are so rare that it doesn't really make sense to create a machine for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a sense, this is a huge opportunity for shifting our whole industries Mm -hmm. into a more human environment and taking the robots out of the humans and moving those really to the machine side. Mm -hmm. That's one side. On the other hand, and that's of course the positive side of it, on the other hand, I think it presents for us, for humanity as a whole, not only for us here in the empire, for humanity as a whole, the largest adjustment and restructuring challenge that we've ever seen mm-hmm. like in our entire time as humans on earth mm-hmm. <laughs> because now we're suddenly about to be able to get things done by machines that were just uh, totally unconceivable mm-hmm. even 20 30 years ago mm-hmm. i still remember when people said yeah but you know the hallmark of the type of uh, physical labor that robots will never be able to do is suing because it's such a difficult thing to grab the fabric and make it work in such a way. Well, that's solved. Mm. Now we have machines that can pick strawberries. If you have a strawberry picking robot, you're pretty much done with everything that has to do with uh, work with your hand. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for the U.S. as a whole, we're expecting more than, uh, or roughly about 50% of all jobs to be susceptible to automation. What number again? 50%. 50%. 5-0, roughly. Wow. So that 
but being susceptible to automation doesn't mean that it will happen. Mm -hmm. Think again of my waiter example mm -hmm. that I mentioned earlier on. Yes, you can replace a waiter in a high-end restaurant with a little, you know, friendly-looking humanoid <laughs> robot that stops by your desk, your, your table, and says, like, what would you like to drink tonight? I'm your server. I'm Roby. Uh, I'm going to be your server tonight. So today on the menu is, yes, you can do that. Will that happen? I'd be very, very surprised. I'm actually certain it won't. And so, on the other hand, the sous chef behind the closed door in the kitchen, that is a job that's not going to last because that is relatively easy to be replaced by a machine. Does that relate back to what you were talking about earlier with that human interaction interface that people yes, value? Yes, okay. exactly. And mm -hmm. so that's actually going to be even more important. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, um, as people realize that social media is not the remedy of all human interaction <laughs> and that actually friends on Facebook are not necessarily real friends <laughs> and that you would actually like to trust mm -hmm. and um, things like that. I think those types of things will actually come back and will play a larger role as people realize that that was a cul-de-sac mm, yeah. that, we that we went to. Yeah. For us in the Indian Empire here, the number is even larger than in the U.S. So um, as I said, roughly 50% for the U.S. For the Indian Empire, it's 63%, according to our calculations. And that has to do, of course, with the type of occupations that we mm. specifically have here. Mm -hmm. And uh, in terms of the occupations... Uh, in general, in the United States, it's uh, jobs like the tax preparers, but specifically for us here, things like freight agents uh, or insurance underwriters, new accounts clerks, and all these kind of things. These can be easily done in, a, mm -hmm. in an automated process. In terms of the industries, then, if we move away from the occupations, <laughs> actually nationwide, the single biggest industry in the sense that uh, of the number of employees that mm -hmm. are at risk is restaurants <laughs> believe it or not as i said but it doesn't mean that it has to happen because just because it is technical po technically possible mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it will happen where i see a lot more or yeah uh, more likely although they sh have lower uh, potential for automation as compared to leisure and hospitality it is trade, transportation, and utilities, mm. one of our major right, suppliers of, mm -hmm. um, of jobs here, mm -hmm. and manufacturing still. So we are, I wouldn't say we're just at the beginning, but the potential within manufacturing is enormous. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, we really expect that some of the manufacturing, thanks to automation, will be able to come back from China and from other places because of automation. Automation is likely going to change the landscape of work throughout the Inland Empire. So now the question shifts from what is automation to how do community leaders prepare for these changes in technological advancements. Tune in for part two of this episode to hear more information on this question.